I don't know why I've been reluctant to. I don't have an Instagram account. It's like I don't have a LinkedIn account either. It, it, it seemed like there was a point where social media reached this moment where it's like, okay, I, I think I'm done. I can't, I don't want to, I don't want any more apps. I don't want any more services. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but Facebook at this point is bizarre because my feed is, is all of these craft videos where somebody's making a house or somebody's like making a table or they're baking a cake and, and it's a video and I don't know if it's the advertisement, but I look at them and then I feel dirty. It's like, why do I open Facebook? I just feel dirty after I watch three of these things. <laughs> yeah i wish there was a way to tally wasted time on the internet you know like a like um there's a point in which kind of informative things or things that you're really learning on the internet it just just sort of seamlessly drifts into just garbage <laughs> you know and there's no it's really hard to tell when that's happening I've lost it, it, at times, yeah. I've lost novels and huge important projects and, you know, uh, have been eaten away by the Internet. I think our whole generation probably has, has yeah. that similar experience. Um, but it's the instantaneous feature of Twitter is, I mean, you to get news, it can be a really good source. Like if you type it, you can get little cell phone videos of like the, 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 yeah. the tanks rolling through uh, Brooklyn, uh, Harlem. Did you guys see that one? I mean, there's, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I use, I use Twitter like that. You know, I don't, I don't have an account, but I, I, I use it as a news source uh, constantly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's the thing. Like this this point that we're making before, um, like Joe was saying, like a, it, it, the quarantine lifestyle, <laughs> you know, is not not so much different than our lifestyle before, just because we all had internet, right? And but then, what happens if that's shut down? Like if that that blackout that Alan was talking about continues you know for for whatever reason like we don't know where this is going going to go you know so you can sort of you can kind of anticipate that maybe there's a point where that gets shut down and then what does that mean you know how does that change things and it, and it would massively you know um like i'd no, I, I would no longer be in this kind of international headspace where i'm now you know i'd, I'd be in japan you know i'd be in my neighborhood in japan well, so I'm thinking about it like hyper local. So, like, uh, so I've mentioned a couple times how. Oh my gosh, the house is going crazy now. Sorry. So, you guys probably didn't realize. You know, the, my barking dog in past years died over New Year's. Charlie. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. It was it was super rough because it just came out of nowhere. Uh, we found out about New Year's, and uh, no, uh, anyway, so I, I took him to a vet. They basically said it's palliative care from here on out, and we had one more weekend, and then he died. So, But then a month later, we saw another guy pop up at the pound, and so uh, we went and got what amounts to a puppy, a very big puppy. So there's a lot of training going on lately. He's got a, deep, a little deeper bark. And he's uh, 
maybe a little prettier, but he's kind of a wingnut compared to Charlie. So <laughs> he's a sweet one, though. I, um, anyway, but I've said like a two weeks, right? You know, we're kind of in this two-week holding period. Um, one of the issues that they're having is that you can't you can't take elementary school online because a lot of the children don't necessarily have access to the internet or they don't have the technology. You know, so it's almost like, you know, what we need is municipal internet or uh, Wi-Fi, you know, where it's just a utility that's built into the city so that if something did, I mean, that's kind of silly if something did happen because it's only after something happens that you think, oh, you know what we need? We need every house to have water. But yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, instead of, like internationally is like locally what do we need to survive to still be a functioning community like in a moment like this yeah yeah i i mean it, i think that um it's so interesting that the grocery store has now become the center of life um and in a way i always thought felt it was i mean that was someone like when i came to visit you guys at boise doug i mean you took me to the um co-op it was in the same network of the co-ops as my home co-op and i was like oh this is heaven i mean i love this and so i I, i'm glad that as a collective we're kind of moving toward the grocery store as that center of function you know and it's it's just only natural because it feeds the body and it's 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 the true necessary you know thing um but just to say on this other point so that's what my life is go to the grocery store uh every couple of days and then I come back to my apartment and connect online to people all over the world. So it's this kind of extremely local and yet extremely global. Um, I think just to say on the internet, I wanted to say, um, you know, we're seeing something, what I've seen is that they're throttling speeds for um, some of the streaming services. And so that's one of the restrictions that I've seen. The other thing about the internet I've seen is that the YouTube AI they announced is beginning to be given more full reign because um, they don't have the workers they're claiming. And so apparently they're warning people the AI might be taking down posts. So just just so you know. Um, so I certainly think that the that is can... uh, that is true. I have I could literally show you a screenshot from my from my own YouTube account of them telling me that because I, uh, but I heard this because social distancing that they can't have people in the office. So they're having to rely sure. on. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But to, to say like, so it's funny cause there were, there were these people claiming, I saw this like for one day I saw these, like, again, it's like these kind of cute people and they're like, Oh, the, the YouTube sensors are down. Like the information's coming out. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I too. saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Right, and everyone was sharing this idea of like, oh, the sensors are down. It's like assholes. It's the opposite. Like literally, well, YouTube is I, telling I, me. I don't know. I, I checked. I, I um, uh, sorry, I checked some of that. Like they were saying, okay, go to uh, go to Google Images and type in Adrenochrome, mm-hmm. and uh, I did it, and it comes up with all this stuff. And I, I just checked it a second ago, and it's the same thing. So it's like. Um, you you see all this stuff about Bill Clinton and and Hillary. Are you Clinton saying you wouldn't like have that. seen that? Are you, are you, do you think you didn't see that two weeks ago? If you Google, I don't know. Like I didn't. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I could tell you. I could. You, you, you definitely didn't. You're yeah, saying this. Or like Seth Rich, I can guarantee you. You type Seth Rich into Google, you'd nothing, and now it'll pre-populate when you type Seth Rich, and it gives you his profile. 
and it'll say like the you know i mean it it's definitely google has offered up information that it used to censor a little bit uh, it's not you know so just i, I i've I, i'm pretty sure from my own memory okay i don't know yeah. if it's everything they're saying but at least on that one issue for sure all right i'm going to send you a screenshot here that says and this is just so this just two, there's two things i want to do here one is this is youtube saying Due to COVID-19, we will conduct fewer human reviews to protect the health of our extended workforce. Unfortunately, as a result, we may remove content that does not violate our community guidelines. Hey, this potentially could be more excessive. Obviously, that there's also then things could slip through and all that sort of stuff. Um, sorry, where the fuck was that that I wanted to send it to you? Uh, now, the other thing with this, and if you're interested, I just want to actually put this in the right here. Boom. Now you guys have that picture if you want it. Uh, the other thing here is, um, oh, if, if this were true in the sense of like, oh, the adrenochrome and all these things. So just when this was happening a few days earlier, I had put something on Facebook about Joe Biden, and I called him a pedophile. Like, amongst – of all these other things I said, I just used the word pedophile somewhere in this Facebook post. And I – this is – I'm still at work, but, like, the coronavirus has already started, and my boss messages me, and he literally says, Joe Biden is a pedophile, question mark? <laughs> and now I'm like, fuck, how do I answer this guy? Because, like, literally it's a question, like, do I have a job this week and whatever? And I, and I like him very much, so I'm just like, how do I how do I handle this situation? And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna send him. There's like 57 fucking videos of Joe Biden groping little girls and sniffing their hair and all this sort of stuff. So I'm like, I'll just send him a video and be like, ah ha ha, whatever. And man, I gotta tell you something. I looked and I looked and I looked, and most of those videos are fucking white. So then I reached out to a guy I know who's always posting about this stuff. And I'm like, hey, I know, like, uh, would you have a source for, like, a, a good video? And I have all these texts back and forth from this guy saying, he's like, hey, man, like, there's this video I know should be here is missing and all this sort of stuff. And he starts going crazy. He goes, all right, I'm going to reach out to other people I know because these videos are fucking white. Like, there was so many of these earlier. And that I, I – anyway – I have this experience the week leading up to this of like, holy shit, these videos are fucking gone and they were doing a really good job of like clearing these videos off the internet because they were so abundant and now they're gone. So some, again, this idea of like if it was the Q like free information about adrenochrome and like we're exposing the elites, don't you think fucking Joe Biden sniffing a girl's hair would be there? Yeah, I but don't go, buy it. I, I, don't I buy just, it with I just, that, Alan, just to be clear, I don't buy it. Sure, SJ, that wasn't directed. Um, yeah, no, I know, I know, I, just, I know, I know. Just I just tried that. that right now. It's you go to Google Images and and, and type out Joe Biden pedophile, and for me, it's like <laughs> scrolls down forever about people like Joe Biden groping women and sniffing their hair, <laughs> like uh, tons and tons of stuff come comes up, you know. But Alan, I wanted uh, to say because this is an interesting point, like. I mean, I read another thing, and this to me seems plausible, that right around the time that this was going out on all the like conspiracy forums online, like Google, Q, the storm is coming, there was a story that was pushed out with this that Oprah was arrested. 
and for pedophilia or uh, for child trafficking. And um, and then the stories instantly came after that saying Oprah wasn't arrested, fake news epidemic. And so some people were theorizing, and this seems more plausible to me, that they were they were kind of telling everybody, and this is why I think Q is a scam, but I mean, basically that they will use this Q, these rumor mills to maybe have more editing or more crackdowns coming in the future, you know, because Oprah wasn't arrested for child trafficking and Tom Hanks isn't, you know. In, in, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the other rumor. Yeah. Right, right. Tom Hanks is in a Navy base somewhere <laughs> being... Um, <laughs> Well, it's okay. Well, uh, I haven't what heard we, what, that. What it? What is? What is he doing at the Navy base? <laughs> oh, he's under. He's 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 he was the first. He is the main pedophile. His patients, the first oh. one. He's the first one that was rounded up by Donald Trump's army of Christian uh, purifiers, and they have Tom Hanks and his wife in a Navy base, and they're under, and they are being, you know, on secret trial or something, and meanwhile being allowed to post a picture to the world to say, oh, just tell them you have coronavirus. Um, it's it's a weird fucking... Anyway, while I was uh, stepping away, when I when I stepped away from the call, um, my lady is, was out in the kitchen making some food, and she goes, oh, did you hear? Harvey Weinstein has coronavirus. They oh, just really? announced <laughs> that he got, he's in, he got it in prison. Huh. So, he got in prison well. Right. So we we tried to like find some more evidence for that and there was like multiple news sites are reporting that he definitely has it and then she found the most recent article from NBC saying two other uh inmates at this correctional facility tested positive. Harvey Weinstein is inconclusive. They don't they don't know that he's tested positive yet, but other people in this prison did. So we'll see how this pans out. But I'm sure Q will take this as an opportunity to be like, ah, see, this disease is targeting, like, our enemies. And at the same time, they turn around five minutes later and they're like, this whole disease is a hoax. So, like, well, which yeah. is it? Is this a fucking hoax and there is no disease? Or is it, like, God is coming down and smite? Is this fucking, um, you know, the the rapture and it's, like, God smoting all the... Hollywood liberals, you know, with coronavirus or something. I or they, is I it believe fucking it's 5G? Like... I believe it's smiting smote is the past tense of smite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, something you could try. I don't know if I'm picking up more just because I'm in Japan, but I, I, I went to YouTube, typed out Joe Biden pedophile, and again, like tons and tons of videos show up. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're back. Maybe maybe Q has has lifted the sensors once again. Can you can you guys try it just to see if it's yeah. different? All right, so I'm on going directly to YouTube. Yeah, just a Joe Biden pedophile. Joe Biden pedophile. Let's see. Oh, my uh, computer won't even open YouTube, but it's got. Okay, so. Uh, thirteen. I get thirteen awkward moments during the Biden swearing in from Politico. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what uh, that comes up first for me, too. Then uh, Joe Biden responds to allegations. He inappropriately touched, kissed Nevada politician, who is an adult, yep. by the way. Yep. And then I get August the Duck, 7,000 views from a week ago. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I've got. Joe okay. Biden is a pedophile. Yeah, is, he, is exactly the same. But, okay, so yeah, I mean, if you look, they are all these... 
um, all these videos of him and this redhead girl. Yeah, the one with the uh, in the in the third picture, uh, the August the Duck one, right? Oh, is, that, is that who you're talking about? The third yeah. one? Uh-huh, that, yeah, that that redhead girl. So there's yeah. I I was able to find. So there's a lot of videos of her. Um, and you know why I think there's uh, those videos are still all around because there's also a video of her dad talking about it and being like, my daughter, uh, we grew up, Joe Biden's like a family member of ours and my daughter loves Joe Biden. And I don't know, like, no, there's, 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 she was not uncomfortable at all. It's like this whole thing about like him being like, no, 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 my daughter's totally, totally loves Joe Biden. Like I know, I don't know what you're all talking about. It she 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 loves him. She loves him. It's no problem. There's no problem. And it's like you fucking shitty pieces. Like you're literally anyway. Um, but a lot of the what I was able to find is it's more about uh, adult accusations against him. And um, but again, you know, maybe there's uh, maybe there will be more now. But I just. Uh, Oh, I see. So you're saying that that uh, before you were able to find other videos, right? That, so um, that, that w- as it stands right now, this looks similar to what I was able to find. And basically, these are so there's like a few instances of him just like, oh, he's taking a photo op and whatever. And you could still find there's just a handful of uh, clips, but there was. I mean, multiple, uh, like, what do you call that? Like a, like a mashup video, you know, like, like rapid fire, like here's like, and then this, 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 and then this. I see those, uh, appear to be gone. Uh, there was a one video in particular that I'm thinking of that like had, was really making the rounds, uh, around like December, January, that is just totally gone. Um. A- anyway, uh, yeah. So there's there are still results to be found here, but not to the level that they were. Mm, that's interesting. So, uh, I'd like to I'd like to find out more about that. If if those rumors of of the censors not being on Google are true, or the opposite, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a great. So and then the question is, maybe if you try, try uploading on, you know, if somebody still has that video, if there's anybody listening who has that video content saved, try re-uploading it, you know, um, totally, totally down for for that experiment to be run. Um, but did you? I don't know if you can see the screenshot I sent you from my YouTube account. I sent in the Skype chat here. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, Alan, that's what I saw going around online. And I can say that that Twitter, uh, Twitter pulled that Joe Biden compilation video. It was the, a big one that just came out. And there was like a girl's Twitter account. She had maybe, I don't know, 5,000 followers. But the video was like viewed 
hundred thousand too. It was just going yeah. viral, and they just removed her whole account. Holy and, shit! Really? Yeah, and and that video um, is the one that just shows all of them. Like, there's one where he's got like his hand moves over the breast of a girl, and she tries to pull away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds where he's aggressively grabbing like the ten year old girl to come right next to him. A bunch of sniffing. I mean, it's disgusting, man. I mean, the guy is clearly. Uh, you know, an entitled, and you know, he's sick, you know, and, but uh, I wanted to say, let's see, the internet thing, there was one other thing I wanted to mention about um, the censorship. No, that's just it. That's it, man. I, I don't, oh, it, 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 the thing is, is like, it's worth just pausing for a moment and thinking just how censored we are, like, compared to two years ago, one year ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10, I mean, in terms of just how powerful the algorithm is um, and with demonetization, I mean, uh, with uh, especially on YouTube with suggested videos. I mean, for me, sometimes oh, I don't even yeah. go to YouTube because I can't even find, I don't want to sift through the corporate bullshit and I don't want to have to manually go type in on, and find the stuff. It's just, I mean, it's, it's really radically different than when it was 10 years ago um, in terms of what, them giving you information as opposed that they want you to see as opposed to this natural kind of what you would like and it's more that seems like more appropriate you know what i'm saying and it's scary and the way the news is just um i don't know i just feel like that the centralization of the information combined with the algorithms has really changed everything um you know in the last few years in a big big way yeah, so that's something that, like, I expected uh, – that is, to me, more of a form of censorship than anything else is literally because people don't even know things exist. It's the way Google will make – right? How many people look at the second page of Google results? Most people Google something. They look at the first fucking maybe three results, and that's their answer, Right. Uh, so just narrow, again, narrowing the channels down, making the internet smaller in that way. And YouTube was the same way. Um, how many of you guys probably got into half the shit that we're into because you'd watch one 9-11 video and then it would be like, oh, you're interested in 9-11 conspiracies? Here's 17 billion more videos on that subject or branching out. Now here's an Illuminati video. Here's a whatever the fuck, right? But now everything YouTube pushes is about pushing their certain channels so yeah i watch a conspiracy video and then my suggested video is ariana grande sings whatever the fuck you know um here's late night with jimmy fallon like why are these suggested videos it's because they're literally pushing to the people who paid them to advertise or paid to be top results um and it's all this effort to make it smaller and smaller and smaller I have videos, like literally my own fucking videos, that I can type into a search bar word for word my exact title of the description, and it might be like a third-page result. You know, um, I've literally tried, like, I will highlight the name of my video, which is a very specific title, copy it, put it into the search bar, and it might be like third-page result. So they've... This to me is more of a censorship than anything else of just the algorithm is designed for limiting information, uh, controlling and, and, and that, that you don't need a coronavirus for that. No. But what 
you need a coronavirus for is temperature checks and the apps for movement. You need it for that Chinese style, like temper, like where you were now integrating the, the, the device is less about finding information and more about uh, the surveillance, knowing where you are and permission, giving you permissions to behave, um, to get the, nece the necessities that you need in your life. Like we were just talking about, Doug mentioned groceries uh, as an important thing and he's trying to stay local and now the grocery store is the center of life right now. Now you use the coronavirus to make sure that you have to pass through the, you use the internet as an approval mechanism to get access to those tangible things. And that's where, that's my fear of where this is going to go, where you, know, you, you literally can't leave your phone at home and go buy a cup of coffee. Um, and I don't know if you saw that Bill Gates thing. I mean, this might be a little, I don't know if it's conspiratorial. I mean, this is on his web or his AMA that he did on Reddit. He goes, yeah, what we're going to, we'll have digital certificates that implantable that, yeah. And to make sure that you, where you've been is safe and to make sure you've had the vaccine. I mean, he just said that three days ago as what, when they were asking him about the coronavirus. And so this kind of biometric um, uh, omnipresence of the biometrics for, I'm, I'm saying approval, but permission is where it was where it's going and the thing that concerns me is if you combine that with the privatization of the information you know a lot of this censorship we're talking about you would bring it up with people and they'd say well private company who cares private company but ignoring that these private companies became like the bedrock of the of the economy they were the commons the public commons and so what i what i think is that you know, it doesn't need to be the government saying you have to scan in it just businesses all signing up to you know a, a, some kind of network for protection and it's a private company you know google google running the whole thing and that's what trump said he's going to work with google and facebook to have some kind of location tracking that's official now i mean they haven't launched what it's going to be but um i mean this is the world we're entering into where it's uh, you know and i'm open to it not being all bad <laughs> you know i kind of laugh at myself when i say that but um it's highly concerning because you can get turned off, you know, what if, and I, let's just forget the vaccine debate, are vaccines good or bad? Let's just assume someone doesn't want to take it, you know, like what happens to that person in this world? Will they be allowed to, to buy a loaf of bread, you know? Right. So it's interesting. I spoke to my, so my grandmother is over 90 years old, living in New York by herself. I called her it yesterday, the day before, and, you know, just talking and um, sort of we were just talking general stuff. I didn't I didn't, didn't bring up any of this stuff, but she starts talking to me about um, she goes, I remember like living through a polio scare. This what this really reminds me of. And she said, uh, again, it's totally like un, unsolicited. And she goes, uh I remember we were all talking about whether or not we should take the shot or not. Like everyone was tr trying to figure out what to do. This here's suddenly this shot, and do we take it or don't we take it? She goes, and then the neighbors, uh, like my next door neighbor's kid, got paralyzed from the waist down. And I was like, oh, from you know. What, and she said, yo, no, that's the polio. So, like, literally, their next-door neighbor getting it, they all decided to get the vaccine. Um, so it was just a really interesting, like, unsolicited perspective while this is on my mind, 
like as I'm reading everybody on the internet being like, oh, they're going to force vaccines. And what do you do? And do you trust them? And do you trust Bill Gates? And obviously, you know, like I, I have massive sympathy for that, that headspace. And then talking to my grandmother, and she's like, well, when I went through this, we had to figure it out. And we decided I'm going, you know, we're going for it. Has anyone watched Contagion recently or ever? No. Not me. No. I trailer. Uh, just to check to get a sense of it. But Steven Soderbergh, I didn't realize he was a part of that project. Well, so it was interesting because I remember back, I don't know, maybe it's 2010, maybe earlier. Now it had to have been later, 2011, 2012. I think that was one of the themes that Jake was picking up on, like sync was the contagion that somehow what we were doing was going to spread like a virus. You know, he was thinking in terms of consciousness and so, like, he kept saying that we were the contagion. Um, I don't – I think I watched Outbreak, maybe. I don't – maybe I saw Contagion back in 2011 when it came out. I don't remember. But I watched it a couple nights ago, and it's pretty eerie because the uh, the elements at the beginning of the film really do follow how things have gone because they used a lot of – CDC doctors as consultants on the film to make it as realistic as possible. But it reminded me of Requiem for a Dream in the same respect, because it's almost like if you're going to run this equation of, okay, so with Requiem of a Dream, it's like drugs are so addictive that they'll ruin your life, you know, and so it's just this, all these different people get so addicted that, you know, you see the end result of the addiction, you know, how low they'll go with Contagion, it's really interesting because um, this disease is so communicable and then so fatal that, um, you know, the, the society breaks down pretty quick. And then you have, you know, people don't go to work anymore and, and then lawless, lawlessness ensues, you know, where you're – but – the stuff about the vaccine is really interesting because it's, you know, you're thinking in terms of how quickly can you actually make a vaccine and then who gets the vaccine first. And in the movie they were doing, I mean, of course the, the celebrities and the different people because they have the inside get it first, but um, a lottery. So the, if, if, you know, they were doing a national lottery on TV and, and those are the first people who get the vaccine. It's yeah. worth your time, I think, in respect to what is going on right now. Um, like, like I said, that it, it's a similar type of. I think they they were using SARS as kind of the the impetus for it, but it's like uh, it, it, you know, it's a bat that goes to a pig that goes to Gwyneth Paltrow through a Chinese chef, and so she's patient zero that spreads it. You know, they have to shut Chicago down because she's having an affair in Chicago, basically. Charlize Theron? Did you say? Uh, no, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, okay. But Kate Winslet's in there and Lawrence Fishburne. There's a lot of different... Matt Damon somehow is not affected by the... I'm <laughs> spoiling the movie horribly. Sanjay Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, the guy that's on CNN right now, isn't he in it? Um, I saw some clips online. It was like they were showing a news clip from today with Sanjay Gupta, and then they were they 
they moved the camera to the contagion clip of Sanjay Gupta. And the guy was like, this is crazy. Like reality's merging kind of thing. Yeah. Well, just to, I wanted to say here, you talk about your grandmother, Alan, and um, the, her moment of like, all right, give me the shot. Like, do you think that because of the internet, I mean, we could have like a collective moment, like Idris Ilba, Kevin Durant. I mean, it seems like there's a nice cross section of celebrities announcing that they're positive, you know, and then maybe one or two starts dying. And I mean, it seems like you can kind of generate this now with like our worship of celebrity and the way the internet works and even like something like contagion where it's kind of mirroring reality with celebrity you know um i just hope it's not mandatory because i think then you're going to have problems uh, you know a lot of people oh, i i agree yeah i mean uh, so I guess you're, you're just to back up there, you're saying, do I think like with all the celebrities sort of, right, you'll have Tom Hanks come out and say, oh, I was sick and then I got this and it made me better or whatever. Uh, or like, right. Or just like every, every year for the next fucking 20 years, we get a Tom Hanks PSA saying, this is Tom Hanks reminding you to get your, this year's vaccine or whatever. Um, or he dies, or he dies, and then, yeah, then, dies, all the, and then it's like, this is in memory of Tom Hanks, and there's uh-huh. a little video of celebrities, <laughs> one after oh, another. I know, I can see it so clearly, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, isolating definitely brings home the idea of herd immunity, right? So, if if you're young and healthy and you don't smoke, you know, there's a good chance that this won't have a horrific effect on you i mean you'll get sick and and not feel good you know maybe quite sick but the issue more is that you're gonna get other people sick that could have an issue i wonder so i haven't ever thought about flu shots the annual flu shot from that point of view i've always thought about it as like you need to protect yourself from the flu and i've always thought yeah i don't know i'll get the flu or i won't get the flu i don't care have you guys yeah. thought in that's, that way? Yeah, just because that's a, a lot of people who advocate for the seasonal flu shot. That's one of their big arguments: is that don't be sel- don't be selfish. Like get the flu shot, you know. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be a similar thing with this, even even more so. Uh, but the problem is, is that they uh, like for one, the the vaccines quite quite far off you know it's, it's always comes, a guess but, every year you know it's like oh this year's flu shot it's pretty close it might do some good yeah but for but for this thing it's like they didn't the the vaccine that they came up with for SARS and by that time they they had already sort of contained the disease but they they went through animal testing and it, it ended up being deadly for the animals you know so it's I I would be very uh, wary of any vaccine that comes out through this, you know, and, until you see the effects. Particularly of it. since it's rushed yeah. into production, even if even if it's yeah. well intentioned, even if it's well intentioned. Yeah, that's what it, that's what I'm assuming. But uh, yeah. yeah, even even if it's that, you know, and then, uh, then just from just from that example of of SARS and this this thing is basically SARS two, you know, it's that's the name of it even. Um, Exactly. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen with the the vaccine, if it's going to be effective or if it's going to be harmful or anything. Like, 
I, if it comes, I'm, I'm like, even if it, yeah, like you said, it's well-intentioned and then it, and it seems to be working, I would be very, very reluctant to get it, you know, until I, until you start to see what the effects are. I definitely won't get it. You can count me in a categorically, you have to kill me or knock me out to get it. I mean, I just don't trust it full stop. And I had a job in 2012 or 2010, I think, and they, the boss was really a flu shot fanatic. I mean, and he would hire special nurses to come and minister for the whole company. And it was free and it was like a party. Come get your flu shot. And I just told him, listen, man, I'm not getting a flu shot. And, and so he said, all right, well, you want to do some research. You know, this is the kind of boss. You want to do some research. <laughs> and so I did. And I went to the PubMed and I read, I found a bunch of studies, like they're called meta-studies, where they, they look at all the studies and combine them into one study. And um, the meta-study was like you're... Um, 2% or 1% less likely to get it, but all of the studies are funded by far, uh, the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So it's like even the, even their stu- the, the studies they have um, are funded by the industry, and taking those studies as true, the protection is a slightly better according to the official narrative. The other article I found was an Atlantic article. I think it's the Atlantic. This woman wrote about 20, 2008, maybe 2009, right after swine flu, because remember that swine flu craze? Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, her big thing was that um, the dirty secret is that you can't do double-blind placebo studies on vaccines. And that's like, anytime you bring up science with these people about other topics, they say, that's, you don't have the science, you don't have the right studies, that's not science, you know, but on this topic, they don't care about that. And, And their argument is it's not ethical. And maybe I can see that, but... Those two things are why I just don't feel safe. I just don't feel safe or comfortable at this point, at this time. And, you know, I mean, I'm not against people can do whatever they want, but I just frankly don't feel safe on the issue of herd immunity. You know, um, the arguments on that, the anti-vax people say, well, the herd immunity theory was actually someone who studied nature. And there's really no tests and science about vaccine induced herd immunity. It's still in the realm of theory. Right, and, yeah. and and so I just I wouldn't feel safe. That's all I know. And I'm interested in the policies. Like that's why Japan seems to be an ideal place for this snore because they've shown that it's not mandatory. You know, it's um yeah, it's interesting here also the uh, the kind of public attitude towards vaccines. It's not it's it's not polarized at all. You know, it's like it's basically uh, a a parent has the decision to to vaccine their kid or not and if they do they don't face a backlash and if they don't they don't face a backlash it's not polarized and it's not politicized you know um because everybody realizes that it's like there's a small chance if you don't get the vaccine that your kid's going to get terribly sick because of some disease and if that happened you would feel terrible um, but there's also a small chance if you if you got the vaccine, your kid is going to get really sick and you'd feel terrible about that. So just to not make anybody feel bad about this really important decision, let's not talk about it. You know? God bless Japan for their highest priority is we don't want to make anybody feel bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Japan in a nutshell. Yeah, well, exactly. we don't want to. It's um, but yeah, I mean, think about that. So like, uh, exactly the, that, qu- that fact right there of like, 
if you do, you could you're taking this chance, and if you don't, you're taking this chance. It is a fucking gamble, and that's true of every, you know, like again, this is uh, if you try and have even the most r- smallest version of this conversation with most people, um, it's like, oh, you're an anti-vaxer and you're this, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just saying, like. Let's talk. There are risks, and there might be a better, like you know, maybe you like so as to like childhood vaccinations. I've made the point of like, hey, maybe we don't put like a hundred fucking injections into this kid in, at the very beginning of their life. Maybe you spread those out more. Maybe there's some are more necessary than others, or whatever. And it's like, oh, you're anti-science. You're anti-. It's like, all right, man. You and know? Then, the other side is true as well. You know, people get really upset. Like you. you <laughs> you vaccinate your your kid. You're a child abuser. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, it's so polarized on both sides. You know, it's like. Uh, um, yeah, it's it. That's that's one good thing about Japan. Like you're saying, is that you don't want people to feel bad. Like th- that ends up not being so good in other situations, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, um, <laughs> with that, it's it's kind of. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's relieving, you know. One thing is that there's also, like, there's, I mean, the official story is that there's clean vaccines. They, during the swine flu panic, the Germans had, like, a clean version that they gave their government. And, I, I mean, I've read that, and I think it was one of the German major newspapers. And so that's my question on it. It's, like, like make some clean ones. Yeah, like exactly. Strip it down and, like, yeah. get an organic version without any of the additives and adjuvants. And then maybe I'm... Um, open i'd be more open to it but i'm not gonna i don't want to be a guinea pig man uh yeah, well, wasn't that uh, uh sorry wasn't that um jim carrey was uh it was called his movement was called green your vaccine and it was like him and i think uh jenny mccarthy uh-huh. uh, and because they had a kid who had autism and they were like hey you know, they were making some correlation there and also like about dietary stuff and all these different things. And, it, uh, you know, whatever you want to make of that, whatever, whatever you want to agree or disagree with sort of his reading of the, the situation. We I think, uh, Zanor, I think you and me and Wally uh, discussed last time about how they've really made an effort to paint him as the craziest son of a bitch there is. Right. Um, and he wasn't saying don't have vaccines he was saying let's make them cleaner let's take all the shit out of them that is potentially dangerous and people wouldn't even accept that conversation well and even the guy the story who's the the evil doctor that they blamed everything on that british doctor then if you bring this up they go it was one doctor and he was take his license was removed if you read that guy's paper, he says, I just don't think you should combine the three together because that was the movement at the time you made. He didn't even say don't take the vaccines in that paper. You know, and so there's a lot of misinformation out there about it. I just want to say one other thing, Alan, like your grammar, that that shot that she got, you know, that's the big one that came out later, had the SV40 cancer virus that was in those shots. And so that for those, all of those polio shots in the 50s, it had a cancer virus in it that they think that a lot of the cancer epidemic later maybe had to do with this. And, and you guys can research that. I'm not even making that claim 100%. I just know that people have made that connection, that that, that that was laced with some stuff. And I'm not even saying intentionally, maybe just on accident, 
that had these side effects later on, like years later. And that's the other thing. They don't test for like longer term no. issues that can come up. So, you know, I think there's yeah. case studies in that are in the evidence currently to be concerned. You know? yeah. Absolutely. I've, so I have looked into that even years ago. But then there's also like uh, particularly so there's already all these legal protections against vaccine manufacturers. Um, <clears throat> but particularly in an instance like this, what they would do is they'd say, hey, man, we know you're trying your best. So I, you know, like there would be this idea of I have no doubt that if an emergency vaccine was produced here in the U.S., it would come with the legal protection of like, you know, basically you're you can't sue this manufacturer if it goes wrong. Um, I have no doubt that that would be part of the the legality of that, uh, which is interesting because there's just just all these other sort of uh, legal battles won in that arena very, very recently, just a few months ago. Was that in Maryland? Or no, New Jersey. They got a victory, apparently, where they, I guess, have some more freedom now to make some choices, I thought, in New Jersey. And then one in Maine, where I guess they lost. But to me, that's the best part of our system. I mean, I wish that, that we still have like these legal battles and local localities can vote and change things. I hope that continues in America, you know, in some places in America, you know, where there, where there can be, you know, communities organizing to make changes like the apparently a lot of the 5G CEOs banned 5G in northern near northern California community, or at least that's the conspiracy theorist headline, you know, <laughs> they made 5G and then banned it from their neighborhood by like a local ordinance. You know? Right. Well, people have been doing that, like uh, even my hometown in, the, in, in Canada, they banned fluoride in the water with a similar sort of local movement like that. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I hope that continues too. I think it will. You know, I think it's like the um, what what Guillaume was saying earlier is is I think all these movements, these kind of grassroots movements, are just going to expand and and become even more uh, more of a force, especially if there's a lull on this. You know, as soon as there's a lull, like people people nowhere that I've talked to anywhere. Um, are happy about their government's response <laughs> with this, you know. Um, I just, like, I, I don't even think in China it's like that, you know, the, the people I've talked to there. I mean, the other people, I've t it's hard to gauge them because they they can't say anything. I mean, they, there actually could be consequences if they if they say stuff. But yeah, I, I want to talk to Chinese students here. Um, uh, but yes, uh, you're good. Just to quickly, like, that's one of the things I've seen, like, even this weekend um, as the U.S., because the U.S. is just starting to descend into, like, it's going to be a month or six weeks or however long. We don't even know of this lockdown. So I think it's a really interesting time for to, to gauge the, the response of the United States citizen. But already on Twitter and social media, there's, like, this um, people are, um, there's a hashtag that's trending right now that's, like, um, federal lockdown a bunch, uh, with a bunch of, they call them blue check people, but some of the, you know, um, I guess influencers that are more mainstream and kind of pro-government, they're saying lock it down now or something. There's a, I, I'll, I'll find it here in a second, but they're calling for the, uh, the, the national government to do a nationwide lockdown that's mandatory. And they're begging for it like this is the appropriate response. 
Well, uh, so just to, okay, so go ahead, go ahead. Devil's advocate here is yes, to say, like, uh, all right, you, I think you know me pretty well and my politics pretty well. So I think you understand where I'm coming from. This is not to say I certainly don't want any kind of um, imposition of any kind of restrictions. Uh, there's a there's a whole host of things that I don't like about this, but I do want to say that. As someone who like, okay, my, uh, my my work situation, we were watching, so I said earlier about how like St. Patrick's Day is like super busy for us. So we, we were ramping up towards this St. Patrick's event, which was would have been March 14th, I think, was the Saturday. And there was, a, there's just like this, uh, it happens every year that there's like, it's this huge gathering around all these bars and restaurants around this area where my job is. And it's this, like, street fair. They have, you know, it's just, like, it's, like, stupid amount of sloppy drunk people. And there was a whole question, like, do we do this? Do we not do this? And, you know, then they ended up canceling it. And then a few places still did stuff anyway and all these sorts of things. My, we, we ended up closing the very next day. So we were open for that, but the main event was canceled. So we were still busy, but not. Anyway, like all these things happen and they start to shut things down, but it's this weird idea of everything kind of being staggered. So like we see that that was, you know, a, over a week ago that these conversations were being had. And now here a week later, you see people, there still have a lot of things are still open and people still going out for random shit. And I just want to say there is, if we're actually, if, if we take this at face value for one minute, then it would make sense for, like, if everyone does it at the same time, then you kind of get this over with, right? You you, you can you can keep people separated right. and see and, and not overwhelm the hospitals. This makes sense on that level. But what's That's... scary to me is, like, this weird staggering of, like, you know, as an orsomite, oh... Well, now Japan's like, actually, we're fine, so maybe we'll lift these restrictions. Meanwhile, it's just starting in the U.S. And if you're still allowing all this travel, you're still allowing all these things, you end up doing it half-assed. There is a part of me that is sympathetic to the – and again, I'm going to be really careful when I say this, but like that like, hey, shut it down now. Like, hey, if we at least get on the same page, do this in a way that's organized – that we all can all get behind, again, not taking away people's rights, but saying, like, get the fuck in your house, as if there was a hurricane coming. Everyone get in your fucking house, take shelter, let the thing fucking pass, and then we can all come out again. I just want to say, I, I wasn't, and I, I, I'm sympathetic to that, too. I, I was uh, more just bringing this, it's the national... Oh, yeah, lockdown. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the national lockdown hashtag, just because Nor was saying a lot of people are critical of the government, and I'm just saying that a lot of people are, are feeling like, like you just articulated, including me. I'm open to that, too, Alan. I mean, if that's what's going to make it go away sooner, you know, it, it, it seems like a, a, the logical response. Like if we take it at face value, that's the if, you know. Well, that's exactly. No, I, oh, I get it. I guess so just to add one last note on that is to say, like, well, the other part of this for me is that, again, like we took the economic factors here. So, like, literally, I'm already out of work. But if they don't take everyone else out of work for another two weeks and then you start a fucking quarantine, now you've just added another month to my lack of income. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's – this is like a 
totally selfish or, uh, you know, perspective, but to say like that aspect of it is another, is another factor in that for me, right? Of like One more factor, one more yeah. factor that I want to say here that I think is really, really <laughs> important is that, um, and this is the heart of the debate, it, and I'm still on if we take everything at base value. Right. Stand, <laughs> but even it's a big if, if I get yeah, it, I get it. Yeah. A big if, but it's, I mean, the debates are really complex in this world. It's like, think about what's being caused, a, a, a depression, effectively. The worst stock market crash since 29. Right. Uh, everybody's out of work. People have, I mean, the country before this, $400 most people had. Everyone's paycheck to paycheck. Um, and so we're going to, the question for me becomes, how many are you going to kill from instituting a depression versus how many will die from the virus. And it, mm -hmm. to me, this is a real question because people are going to be potentially on the streets, absolutely starving, you know? And so that is the, I haven't seen anybody do that analysis like um, in mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, I've seen that other, otherwise like the, um, I don't know if you guys have been looking at these videos, uh, by peak prosperity, this guy, Chris Martinson, been doing a video every day since the end of January and he's really good like he's really sort of nailed it all the way through and he's saying like way 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 before the the, the whole media hysteria hit the US um, but uh, but he's making that point too it's like um, you've got a balance balance between um, how many people are going to get the virus and then do you want your healthcare system to get swamped all at the same time, or do you want to keep you want to keep the economy going, right? And it's a it's a, a kind of a crazy balance because once you uh, if you put too many people on lockdown, like you're saying, then the economy gets shut down. Um, if you don't put people on lockdown, then you just let the virus go loose, and then eventually your healthcare system gets swamped, and then your economy goes any it goes anyway, right? Um, if you let the economy go, like obviously you don't want that situation. So it's like, uh, um, yeah, it, it's the big balance. And then how long do you l let things go for? You know, Doug has just posted a bunch of stuff about New York City being the new epicenter. Did you guys see this? I mean, and that's like if let's say in the if world. I mean, that's serious. Like you, it's it's exploding, right? You were talking about yeah. the lockdown. The lockdown's going to happen. Well, I mean, the state of California. I don't know if it's in force, but it's like shelter in place, which is a little more than, uh, like the advocating for social isolation. You know, so they're not to the point where they need to have documents to move around, but. It's definitely a step closer. I can see, I know that in New Rochelle, they definitely had the National Guard there and they locked that area down. The people could still go to the grocery store and move around, but they closed down all the businesses. Um, but I definitely think uh, it seems like it's exploding there, that that's, that's where, you know, that's where um, the lockdown will happen. Yeah. I think the Chinese style temperature checks and things, I think if anywhere, it'll be in the streets in New York City because it's, I mean, it's, it's already built in there and there's not actually that many people living on Manhattan, you know, they all go home. And so I think I, my friends in Harlem and I would, I talk to him pretty regularly about this and he's just, that's his theory too, that, that they're going to be in Manhattan with checkpoints and things. Be, and that, that makes sense to me. Whereas Texas is a nice thing to, to juxtapose this with 
Doug, because today the governor of Texas just said, I'm not going to do a um, shelter in place order. He, he the, the the suggested social isolation, I guess that's a, there's like all these new technical words, but that he's going to stick with that. And that's not mandatory, but it's just recommending 10 or less and st- businesses, you know, so it's interesting how different locations are responding differently. And of course, in Texas, everybody's got tons of guns, AR-15s, okay. they, you know. The, the other thing is just the accelerating nature of this. Like somebody, uh, I was reading this analysis on Reddit and this guy was saying, like if you look at the number of cases up to three weeks ago, right? And you take that number, it's doubled in two weeks and then it's doubled again in another week, you know? So this is just, it's ramping up. Like if you look at the, at that, at that rate, if it continues, then we're looking at like a million cases into, into, uh, into April worldwide. Like, of course, that's a million, a million cases of people who test positive for the, the, the test, right? Um, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, which, which is, it, who knows what that means, right? Yeah. But, but you, ha- you see a parallel graph with the number of, of deaths, right? Like the, the, a, a similar sort of exponential line. Um, but but just I, I just brought that up because this is all going to accelerate too, you know? It's all going to, it's like, the thing's going to go exponential. Or it, it is going exponential, but it's just going to, the numbers are going to increase tenfold really quickly. Yeah, and that's where we go back into the if part. This is where we, for me, it, it flows right back into this if that we've been, this world we've been in, and, and it starts to dismantle that world because, you know, how, yeah, you test everybody, and now you have more cases, and that seems to be the case everywhere. And, and I'm reading mainstream. This isn't even a conspiracy of people saying the tests are, again, we've already talked all about this, but... You, know, you flood the world with tests, you're going to massively increase those numbers. And then what happens as a result of that is people flood the hospitals. And then that's when the pressure starts getting on the system. It increases the panic. And so I expect one thing that will happen, this happened in China and other places, they're going to have to limit the tests and say, we're only going to start giving it to certain people because that limits the cases. And you have that's... to do that to decrease the panic to get people back to work to save the economy. That's what China did. That's Japan's approach as well. Like that, that's their approach from the start. Um, but uh, the, like the flip side of that is that you don't know the health of the society that you're in, you know, if, if you're not testing, right? But um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 almost it's almost more worthwhile to look at the uh, the fatality rates, and and like I said, that's increasing at the same at the same rate, you know. Like just over the last two days, it's gone up. Like, uh, like it, it, just yesterday, it was it was just thirteen thousand. Now it's it's way past fourteen thousand. Um, and I, like I've been looking at these numbers for a long time, and it, it's just skyrocketing now. You know, so the the tests are one thing because you can get all these false positives, but it's harder. Like if you're going to, if you're going to. Uh, um, try to trick people with deaths. It's I. I'd imagine it'd be harder to do that. You know, like. A, um, I think, I think it's easier actually. I mean, my take on that is that that actually that it will naturally follow. And I just saw. And, and I'm just open to exploring this. I really don't have a hard conclusion here. But, right. You know, like the headlines I'm seeing are COVID-19 related. 
deaths. And so that's the key word is the related. And I mean, you just think about it as more people come into the system with symptoms. And that's the thing. Another thing I want to talk about that's so scary. I've been following this from the beginning and the symptoms list has not only changed, but it's added to where any symptom you can think of is now a symptom. I've Basically. seen that too. I've seen that too, where if you looked a few weeks ago, it said, um, oh, like if you're experiencing like uh, diarrhea, that's not, it's not a symptom because that's, that's, a, that's a totally different thing. This is a respiratory issue. And then like a week later, there's been this article that's been recommended to me every day by my cell phone that says, hey, you know, um, half of all COVID uh, patients experienced uh, digestive issues. So, you know, like the counter to that, like to play devil's advocate on that side is like, uh, it's just the, the virus, what we know about the virus is, uh, like our knowledge of the virus is increasing too, because if, if it is a, a novel virus, right, and we don't know how it affects people, like I remember even a month ago, people were saying that, that white people wouldn't get this virus, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and obviously that's changed. And I've heard that with afterwards, I heard that about black people and now it's spreading over all over Africa and you hear these reports of younger people can't get it at all and now more and more cases of that, you know. So the um, counter to that, I can throw a counter to that if you want. <laughs> just no, no, be, we, should, yeah. we should be doing that, countering yeah. everything. Is, is that, um, let's see, the, the point here is, uh, sorry, that I lost my train of thought just with, that, with the counter to that, is that... Um, and you're saying as the, oh, the virus is mutating. So this is the whole thing. Well, I, that... I don't know if it's mutating or just our knowledge of it is, is, uh, is increasing, right? So yeah, yeah. It's... my answer is, sorry, my answer is that it's mutating. Uh, right, okay. But as the, so at, I read the diarrhea thing. It was, first of all, some like 2%. And this is the Wuhan data set, which is apparently the greatest data set at the time. They released a report and they said 2% have a little diarrhea before any symptoms. And then the next day they have the temperature starts. And now I'm seeing diarrhea on day four, you know. Um, and so I think that one way to explain that is like you're saying we're learning more. But it just seems like the data set in Wuhan was so great that it, I don't see how you would learn like to be changing such dramatic way with the diarrhea on, you know. That doesn't seem to be a data set issue. I mean, a, a knowledge issue. It's more about a mutation issue. And, and could, as soon as you could be, and they already admit there's multiple strains, right? And so, my thing is that it goes back to the test. So my answer back is that this is a reason why we can't even trust the test. Like, um, and and so if if the, I guess what I'm saying here is that I'm people are dying. I'm not. I don't think anybody's saying crisis actor. It's a question. My my theory is that it's a question of how deaths are coded, in, in the system, and that's when they say COVID related. So you, if if the tests are inaccurate, you have a flood into the emergency rooms. People are dying because, and this is the other really important thing: they're giving these people antiviral drugs that are really bad for your system. And you can read any uh, report on SARS from the early, and, and that was a, one of the lingering negative effects was that the treatment they gave the SARS patients, they're still dealing with their kidney damage, et cetera. And so I just think that the deaths are naturally, my whole point here is that they're gonna increase as you flood the system with people having symptoms and, and, and older people with severe symptoms, and then you intubate them and you give them the pill, you know, I just think you're naturally going to have more deaths, even if it's not 
the if in the story, you don't need that if to be true to get the to get the deaths. Right, right. I don't know, though. I mean, I'm certainly open to the official story. I'm open to these alternative stories. I called my dad today and was like, Dad, listen, don't go to the hospital. Don't get tested unless you really have to. Like, stay away from this. Like, Yeah, definitely. I'd say the same thing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's something That's something I, I was thinking of, too. Like, yeah, if you do flood the system, then you get more deaths naturally anyways. Um, but... The thing is that that's all we've got to go on is the is these official stats, right? Like the only the only thing we can do is 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 just look at them on a daily basis and see how they change and see patterns in them. And and uh, um, and it does seem like every country has a slightly different way that they're approaching this, and you can see that reflected in the numbers. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, there's just no way to tell, really. Yeah, and this is why I think there's like a collective energy part of this whole thing that's beyond like a pure materialism. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that there's actually a collective metaphysical unconscious manifesting that's happening right now on some like deep level. <laughs> and it goes into the nature of reality and these grand cycles that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I, I really think that's a part of this. And, and if something happens on these unseen uh, planes that's going to shift, I think it will have an effect that a lot of this, I'm hoping, it will just lessen soon, maybe summer. And then we can kind of rebuild, you know. And like Drudge right now, they have this article they've been pinning. It's like best case, worst case updates. If you click it and there's like doctors that they're saying best and worst case. And the best case hasn't been changing. These are official narratives that like we can come out like maybe late summer or early summer and start reemerging here. And um, but I do think there's like a collective kind of un unseen metaphysical mind virus sync, even sync. We might even call it sync because that's what synchronicity really is about. Right. The, these kind of unseen um, alignments that happen, you know. Yeah, definitely. I. I've been even thinking about this idea that, uh, which which I've written about is um, the idea that 2012 um, and McKenna's idea of this this hyperdimensional object that that sort of interacts with with our reality, um, it it doesn't it didn't hit this climactic point in in 2012 because that was when it first came into the uh, like that was when it first entered into our sort of dimension. Uh, Crowley wrote about that too in Moonchild, where it's like he he talked about it as a as a cone going into a bucket of water, right? And if you were if you were uh, say for example that like a two dimensional being on the uh, on the surface of the water, when the tip of the cone hits the water, you wouldn't really notice much at at all. But it would take a while before this thing to come and envelop into the water and sort of spread more and more into the surface of the water when you'd finally recognize that there's something really strange going on, you know? And at that point, you realize this is, this is it. For, for us, the, the, the hyperdimensional object is here, you know? It's like a, it maybe started in 2012, and then it's not really recognizable up until now. And that's not to say that it's the virus it itself is that, but the virus is the tipping point, 
and everything reflected around it, including these kind of metaphysical realms that you're talking about, is all of that together. People talking about it being a hoax or not a hoax or a bioweapon or anything. Yeah. It's it's all part of this, you know. It's all part of this thing entering into our reality, you know. Absolutely, and it's like the Mark Leclerc, the, and I don't, this could have been Alan, but I remember someone on the Sync book at one point said, um, "JFK, the, he didn't get killed. It wasn't a lone gunman or conspiracy. It was like his head just exploded because of maybe he had like re a realization or something, you know, <laughs> and." Um, I, I, I really think that this is how we need to start be looking at this virus is from, and the sync community, this particular sync community is like the cutting edge of this way to see it. And right. it's how yeah, yeah. you analyze 9-11, like this was an event that was clearly in our space-time phenomenon with manifestations like 911, call 911, and it rippled back in the past. And it's like the event, it was it Osama bin Laden, was it the Bushes? Who knows? But it was it was like a ripple in the matrix. And and from another from these other levels. And like uh, Dave talks about, David talks about, you know, it's predicted in the Zohar because there's this is the time of a these ripples. And I think that's really the best way to look at COVID because you you can you can circumvent these debates. They're gonna be so tried at some point. Like I don't wanna have to say, Oh, it's a hoax and get attacked or say I, you know, go take the vaccine and then get attacked by people. It's like, I don't, for me personally, I just don't want to go into that. I mean, sure, I have my opinions, but I'd rather look at it from this metaphysical, like, you, you, you know. Yeah, me too, exactly. Um, it makes it a lot more interesting too, you know. <laughs> and then, and then it, and then you can make the other jump, like we were talking before about how, Maybe there was something in your own personal timeline that affected things, you know, because on, once you start talking about it on that level, um, everything becomes, in a way, simultaneous, you know. Um, so, so, so in a way, yes, something that you did did affect this entire thing, you know, and something that you have the choice of doing right now might affect it as well. Yeah, or rituals. Mm. Like these are what magicians do. Ritual magicians. Yeah. Crowley, um, uh, Hubbard, uh, and Jack Parsons. I guess Crowley wasn't there, but I mean, they really believed they called into being the atomic bomb or the. Um, um, I forgot what they claimed, but I mean, they did the ritual. It was before the atomic bomb, I think. You know, and so the idea is that this ritual with two men really changed the course of history, you know. And I think it's good to think that way. Like I think about our ritual at, in Boise. I know you weren't there, Nor, but this that whole event that we went to with this massive like three day Easter ritual it was like the rebirth of the king, and um, we we did these ritualistic like hour long walking through mazes and holding hands together, and and it was it was very much a collective ritual that you know I think it's part of. These kind of things is where I start going with this idea. If we think about our personal lives, then what rituals can we do, maybe collectively and with intention, to maybe bring something in to, to kind of change this? I'm totally open yeah. to that. Maybe we can just do some chanting at the end of this call and then take the second call. What do you mean? 
I yeah, I mean, I'm totally into that too. Like uh, maybe not this call, but some some other time, getting together and like just, I don't know, like uh, going wild on the call. Like we had this one. The, I think one of the first calls that we did with Wally and Alan and I, we we ended up doing some strange thing, playing with language, um, and oh, we yeah, did a few things like taking turns reading from books and um, every one, other word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, we we each um uh, we each had a text and we started reading. I forget what it was. Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, we could we could try to come up with something like something so, similar, like on a on a on a big level that people could join in with. You know, like uh, trying to shift the energy of this whole thing. I think the person to coordinate that is Mark Golding, because he is wanted. Yeah. From the beginning, so you know, like you might that kitchen sink Facebook group that I love hate. Um, and that started because Mark Golding reached out to me and said, Hey, can we get a space where everyone can coordinate to like he wanted to plan a global ritual we all did at the same time? And we made, I made this Facebook group, like, All right, let's you know, we can try, and everyone just it turned into something else entirely very quickly, but um. I, I think there's something to this, and just to say, SJ, I mean, you, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that subject, because I've been, I, so so uh, you guys know the, the video series I'm making, the next episode was supposed to be about uh, McKenna's time wave and the whole 2012 situation, and my perspective on that is changing literally, like, in this moment right now of how are we facing this potential quote unquote world ending scenario? How are we, uh, so Nora, you're saying that it's almost like, Hey, the thing was right, but it's just like, what does it mean to go on the other side of this? I found a clip of, um, uh, Daniel Pinchback talk. This is a whole long story of this clip, but anyway, he says, Hey, what if we do know that 2012, December 21st, 2012 is in alignment with galactic center what if, as we move on the other side of that, it's like um, like moving past the equator? So, like your, you know, your energy readings are different when you once you cross the equator on the actual globe. What if there's something like that? Of we as a planet are moving across this galactic equator, and as we cross it, the energy on the other side is different. It's a very like it's a legitimate, rational question, right? Well, um, you- I mean, to me, sorry, go ahead. I mean, we are, I mean, the astrology, and I don't want to bore you guys with, and this is another thing about that sync weekend, by the way, Alan, I mean, after that moment, I became a hardcore astrologer after meeting Jen. I mean, she turned me on, and, and ever since that time, I've studied very, very seriously, and, you know, um, and so I don't want to bore you guys with technicalities, but, I mean, this is an extremely significant Saturn-Jupiter conjunction that takes place on the solstice of the win- of winter solstice, December 21st. Right, right. And it's a massive shift of an age that's, that's taking place. And for, you know, um, I just say this quickly in case anybody out there wants to research it, but basically Saturn and Jupiter conjunctions happen in the same element, the same elemental triplicity for about 200 years in a row. And every 200 years they change into a new element. And we're changing now into the air triplicity. We've been in the earth triplicity. And so people can can look that up. But basically, we're getting into like the age of Aquarius calls because it is in Aquarius. It's taking place in the zodiacal sign of Aquarius. 
And so all of these questions about the, the new age, the dark side of the age of Aquarius, the technological kind of control grid, the freedom that technology can bring. I mean, these are the issues that are clearly brought to the fore. Um, and it's funny, too, because Saturn just entered Aquarius yesterday. And, and it's at the same degree that this conjunction is going to be taking place in December. It's going to move around a little bit, but it'll come back mm. to this degree. And, I, and I've noticed, I mean, I had an epic Zoom call with some astrologers every few days. You know, it's like the Zoom connection is now and people are like barfing. I saw a tweet was like, I hope Zoom goes down. People are kind of tired of it already. But we've entered into this online connective faith. It's supercharged now. And I think that's part of what we're entering into. Um, and I'm so happy about it in a way because it makes like the grocery store is like the most important thing in the community, you know, and that's just the hearth. Yeah. yeah. Hey, SJ, SJ, you might have, oh, go ahead. Oh. Sorry. So I was, was going to ask you, um, SJ, if um, there's any astrological response to the dimming of Betelgeuse. Yes, there oh. is. People are talking about so fixed star magic is a is a type of astrological magic that's quite popular, right. and so you where you make talismans when the moon and the aligns with certain fixed stars at the right time, and so people are saying, just jokingly, you know, when when Betelgeuse explodes, what kind of talismans can we make? It's kind of more in jest, but I, I don't think that you know it's it's a minor minor thing that um, omen watchers might read something more into it but that's the only conversation i've seen amongst some pretty serious like astrological magicians just joking about it yeah i haven't found much either and i'm sort of surprised at that because like it's massive like it's it's not it's not as if it's a, a minor star it's like the uh like this the shoulder of orion you know that that's that's dimming and it's noticeable and they, we, you look out at the sky now you, it was like whoa what happened the Beetlejuice, you know, it used to be this bright orange star, and now it's it's noticeably dimmer in the sky. Yeah, and that started the that started to become noticeable around the same time as as uh, like late 2019 when this uh, when this virus was kicking off. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think, I mean, I, Chris Knowles. I don't know if you know he, he's been on yeah. this this network. But he's may have written about he likes to like look at stars and constellations in this more kind of omen or symbolic way. And astrologers are really less interested in that approach. And they're more about mm -hmm. like hardcore mathematics and charts and where things align. And so um, I would see what if what he's written about it. But the only other thing I saw was that it's some people are saying it might be normal and then it might be coming back to life now. I did. Is that am I just. Um, yeah, I've heard that too. That it's it's reached its furthest point of dimming, and maybe now it's coming back. Like like the idea that it was about to go supernova is is, is pretty sensational. You know, I don't know how many serious people thought that. You know, but uh, but it definitely noticeably dimmed. And and even that, like if you had a a more primitive culture or a culture, even a medieval culture, or whatever something that noticeable in the sky would be such a huge thing. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Especially, uh, yeah, and, and just the just the, the name also, like the, the corona of Betelgeuse is, is fading out and it's getting bigger here on Earth, you know? And Betelgeuse, the movie, even has a connection to Saturn. Really? Right? Isn't that where they end up with the sandworms? Isn't that they're on Saturn? 
I can't remember that movie. I'm pretty pretty sure. Like when when you see the desert world with this giant worms, they say they're on Saturn because it's all about death, right? Old Beetlejuice is like, oh, you're in the underworld. So there's like the underworld, but then there's like Saturn. I'm pretty sure. I maybe I have that wrong. Um, SJ, if you don't mind, I actually wrote down. I have three astrological points that I'd like to ask about. Perfect. Um. Okay, so the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction is important for me because it's it's literally the framing of the whole king-kill cycle for me, I, um, right? Like, literally, uh, Jupiter is the son of Saturn. Um, it It is, it's the most, indi- I, I think, uh, the, the when I was writing the Suicide Kings book, I literally, when I try and summarize the king-kill cycle in one paragraph, I think I basically say Jupiter and Saturn this is this is it at its it's in a nutshell right um so this conjunction it's also we see this in um i believe in twin peaks they say when the entrance way to the white lodge black lodge they make a point of saying it's when jupiter and saturn are conjunct all these different things um what can you say about both where that was in 2012 versus where where are those planets right now? If I could, we could start there. Absolutely. So, I mean, just a little background. The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction cycle as a harbinger for, like, the collective is something that really goes back to medieval and early medieval astrology. Even Arabic astrologers in the 8th, maybe 7th, 8th century began to develop this as a way to time larger cycles. Okay, so it's it, there actually is deep roots in these the kind of magical traditions in the Arabic, in the Arab magical world, that 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 superseded the Helen the fall of Rome. A lot of those traditions were kept alive there. Okay, um, yeah. In terms of and so this is a twenty year cycle and it, and it hits every twenty years and in our the since America has been in existence it's really been on the twenties on the zero, zero, 20, 40, and it sometimes give or take a year. So, um, uh, you know, so just to say that in our time, in our lifetime, I mean, if we just want to go back to like 1940, um, you have World War II. So sometimes astrologers will break it up into 20-year cycles, and they claim that this is kind of like a beat of these 20-year cycles, and that each individual 20-year cycle has its own tonality and its own energy. Um, and it's guided by this this uh, conjunction, and and I think we can see that. Just a quick, a quick um, thinking back here. You have World War II and the post World War II years. You have 1960 to 1980. That's the explosive 60s, the death of Kennedy, the assassinations, and the kind of a druggy integration of that in the 70s. Starting in 1980, you get the rise of the computer, and and that cha- that whole 20 year period was about the early phase of the computer and um, the expansion of the economy, et cetera, fall of communism. But then clearly 2000 is about the internet coming and taking over and social media. 9-11 happened right after that. So I think it can be a way to time these energies um, just from that way. Now, the 2020, 2012 issue, it's funny you mentioned that because like a lot of astrologers, you'll hear them say when they're at, they were asked about 2012 at the time, they were looking at the astrology and saying, no, this doesn't really, I don't think anything's going to happen. But 2020 is the year that things really get explosive and really mm-hmm. the markers of change happen in 2020. I've heard at least two astrologers say that when they were asked about 2020. 
I can pull up the chart um, and just if you want to know exactly where Jupiter and Saturn were on that solstice in 2020, 2012, um, I believe. Uh, I don't need anything specific. I'm just okay. sort of yeah, cur I'm curious uh, how you've been sort of mapping the trajectory of that of like, OK, right. What is what is the indication from that? From that point in time to this point in time, like what is the similarity or or um, or correlation rather? Um, yeah. I, so okay, my next question is: um, you mentioned that this is an Aquarian age. What uh, credence, if any, do you give to the idea of like we just had in the last few years the sort of insertion of Ophiuchus, almost like um, it was almost as if like hey 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 let's hold off on this age of Aquarius. We got this other thing we want to shoehorn in here. <laughs> um, wh where does that fit into this? Because, oh, uh, go ahead. I'd say that's just a kind of um, red herring, just distraction. I mean, astrologers, the most ancient astrologers knew Ophiuchus existed, but that the Zodiac is, is built because of the elegance of the number 12. And so it really, you could, you could um, that it's really about the number 12 dividing 360 evenly. And it's also about, um, but I mean, I'm not going to dismiss it totally, but most, you know, the astrological tradition has the 12 because of that elegance, that divis dividing elegance, because then it allows for other divisions and it's just clean. Um, I, I will say that. Um, so that's one, two, um, Let's see here. What was the next thing I was? I'll just say this: that there has been some like astrological magicians who will use one of the fixed stars in Ophiuchus to to do some healing, um, make healing talismans for the Asclepius, because I think there's a star in there that's associated with this character Asclepius. So people do use it, but they don't use it to divide the zodiac in terms of the procession. I just haven't seen a movement uh, for that. Um, and a lot of astrologers are dismissive. Um, I, you know, I'm not quite as it's interesting because just quickly, the number 12, the reason why we have 12, 12 divisions is because there's 12 point, I think, two, six, the square root of 153. That number is the average number of new moons in a year. Yeah. Two, six, something like this. And so that's why we divide the year into 12 cycles. It's based on the, observing the natural flow of things. It's say, okay, about 12 new moons a year, we'll divide our year up into these 12 uh, cycles. And so I think that there's, um, but it's a over 12, right? It's between 12 and 13. So there is this kind of, I mean, there's a whole, I, just, I'm just thinking about it now. It's, it, I can see an interesting paper being written about like uh, the need for Ophiuchus from this naturalistic perspective. But in terms of the tradition of astrology and the elegance of how you divide the rulership scheme, with the seven traditional planets divide uh, being assigned to the 12 signs. It's just, there's an elegant system that's ancient. That's based on 12. They knew about Ophiuchus. They dismissed it because they only needed 12 names to make this elegant system. One other quick thing, the federal reserve, seven governors or 12 regions. And it's based on that seven twelve. you know, and I, I, I don't think that's a, uh, um, a accident. I think those people are yeah, like astrological magicians, <laughs> um, Babylonian astrological magicians. This all came out of Babylon, this whole system of 12 and the divisions. And well, so that's my, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's my answer on Ophiuchus. I hope that, you know. Sure. Yeah. I just want to say, um, 
it's I was trying to see if I could if I was remembering this right because uh, if I, it's it's the Romans uh associated him with Asclepius, uh basically like the god of medicine. Um right, this this uh the serpent bearer, but as as this medicinal figure. So that's interesting just for the time we're in. Uh, also, that uh, apparently in the Roman story, Jupiter killed him with a bolt of lightning uh, to prevent the entire human race from becoming immortal under his care. So there's something there's something really interesting there. Um, I, I have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, so I had this realization, um, which take it for what it is. I. Um, it came to me as this sort of like really weird, like waking, literally waking up with this thought. Uh, we just entered the sign of Aries, right? Yeah. And Aries is this Mars energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, on the tower card, we see uh, a bolt of lightning again, bolt of lightning, but a bolt of lightning striking the crown off the tower. Uh, and in that is even though the, it is depicted, the, the lightning bolt is depicted very much as we would see, like um, a kabbalistic descent of uh, down the tree of life. In tarot systems, that bolt is consistently thought of as Mars, like it's a Martian energy that is knocking that 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 bolt is Mars and taking the crown off this tower. Um, so. I woke up with this thought that says, hey, we're literally about to enter the sign of uh, Aries, this Martian energy coming in while we're talking about the crown, corona, all these things. Hell, we're even talking about like the 5G towers, right? Like that, that's there. If you, I don't know if it's a stretch, just like it, it comes up for me. But I felt like, okay, here comes this Mars energy into this story this weekend. Um, I think it's interesting, and this is the, the scary interpretation. I didn't even think of it at the time, but you're seeing all these people talk about martial law and they're misspelling it. M A R S. Right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, here's the Mars. Um, I, did, I do see that as, as a possibility. But um, there's also, like, to me, there's a very positive potential there of, like, it's literally this energetic is there to strip the. Uh, egoic crown from this thing and actually let the star and the healing come out. Uh, that's what, what that that is symbolizing, right? But the the crumbling of the tower, that tower card is a is a hard fucking energetic to swallow. Um, anyway, I, I'm just curious if you have any Im, uh, impression, interpretation, anything of this literally the changing into a, a Mars energy right now this weekend and how that might uh relate to any of what i was just discussing absolutely and it's it's funny you mentioned that because both aries and mars are actually going to be super intense for this year um and, I, and i'll tell you why here in a second but for the, the the coronavirus when mars ingressed into capricorn which is a a cardinal sign just like aries there's four cardinal signs just so people know here capricorn Cancer, Aries, and Libra, the four cardinal signs, and so they're opposing each other. They make a cross in the zodiac, um, and those are the those are the the points in the zodiac where you have the birth of spring, the birth of summer, the birth of winter, and the birth of fall. 
So they're basically some of the most, and that's the, their nature, uh, they're fundamental to our, timing our reality. Um, um, but, but Mars has timed this thing going really berserk. And when I spoke earlier about Saturn and Jupiter, it, they're going to be meeting in Aquarius at the end of the year. But they've spent most of the last two years, two and a half years, uh, Saturn has been a Capricorn. Jupiter has now in, uh, entered into Capricorn as of last December. And right when Jupiter entered, that's when the first Wuhan case happened. Jup and this is all astrospeak. I'm going to get through this really quickly, okay? But people, some people listening may understand this. But Jupiter is, does really bad in Capricorn. It's, a, it's the worst sign for Jupiter, arguably. It was there when the financial crisis happened 12 years ago, and it's here now. So it's like that this planet of abundance is, is, is it's in its lowest point and it seems to have time these really difficult uh, moments in our recent history but this time it's with pluto and saturn and i say pluto i really don't look much at the outer planets a lot of people are putting a lot of weight on pluto the underworld with saturn together that happened in january 12th pluto but, is also wealth by the way uh, okay pluto is also uh, wealth okay he's, he's wealth as well and, and death yeah sorry Wealth, death, under so, but this is something that most people have been talking about as the main cause of coronavirus. Pluto met Saturn at 22 degrees Capricorn, January 12th, and um, and so just to, to throw that out. But Mars has been—it's still in Capricorn now, and right this weekend, last week, Mars is getting closer and closer to 22 degrees Capricorn. It just passed Jupiter three days ago at 22 degrees Capricorn, and Mars is now chasing Saturn. In the late degrees of Capricorn, they're going to meet in Mar late March, I think March 31st, it, at that zero degrees Aquarius point that Jupiter will also meet Saturn at later in the year. So this, let me just back, but this is the main point I want to say about Mars and Aries, man, because it's going to get intense. And this is what I haven't, I'm trying to, been tone, trying to tone this down online because I don't want to scare people. I have tweeted this out before, or like last year, but I'm not going to retweet it and try to scare people right now, but... Uh, Mars is a planet retrograde motion. Are you familiar with that, Alan? Retrograde motion. I am. Yeah. Okay. So Mars is uh, has an irregular retrograde cycle. It's it it goes retrograde at weird parts in the sky. These kind of irregular patterns, and it's about once every two years it will move backward. And and this year is unique because Mars will retrograde in Aries starting um, in I think. July or August, and it's going to be in Aries for about seven months, um, and Mars rules Aries, um, and so we're going to have a heavy-duty Mars and Aries for the second half of this year. The scary part is that this has happened, I think, um, I can't remember the exact, it's something like three times since 1500, where Mars has done its whole retrograde cycle in Aries. The last time was 1941. And it did a retrograde cycle, and then it started moving direct again, right when Pearl Harbor hit. And so we do have a historical precedent for um, uh, Mars and Aries, retrograding in Aries, spending a lot of time in Aries, being difficult for martial things above and beyond simply martial law. And that's what scares me about this year, because you see this tit-for-tat -tet with China, they're kicking out each other's journalists, they're blaming each other. Um, I don't want to negative project that. I want to positive project peace, just to be clear. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Um, but at that time that Mars is in Aries, Saturn is back in Capricorn making a 
difficult square relationship. So there's these pressure on Capricorn and Aries with Saturn and Mars, which are both malefic planets. So it's going to get really intense. Um, and, you know, astrologically, we are not out of the woods and we won't be at, at least until December 21st and probably another year uh, after that till Jupiter hits Pisces. So, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that, but. And that's, so, and sorry, and you're saying that Mars will go direct again when? Like, how long is that? Yeah, I'll get to. Let me just get. Uh, give me one second. I'll sure, tell you sure, sure. Sorry. The exact yeah. dates. No, that's okay. It's, just, but it'll uh, be seven total months in Aries. I'm just, yeah. seven just reading months here. Up. It's uh, Mars is going to enter Aquarius on uh, March 31st. Uh huh. Now it's in Capricorn. It looks like it's yeah. it's conjunct with Pluto right now in and Capricorn. Jupiter. Yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, Jupiter and Saturn are are almost right there as well. Like Saturn's just beyond it in Aquarius. Yeah. Saturn just moved into Aquarius. It's a big party. I was like on with some astrologers on Zoom last night. We're kind of all celebrating. It's a big deal. You know, I mean, when when Saturn went into Capricorn in December 2017, the energy changed palpably almost instantly. Bitcoin crashed right away. So that exuberance went away. Well, just, you know, Saturn being in its own house, too, right? Like, yes, the double whim being in your own house, you're being uh, quarantined. Yeah, yeah. The idea of these planets, <laughs> Mars being in Aries and all this sort of thing is really interesting. Yeah, it's it's super intense. And like if you look at the Mars Aquarius or Saturn in Aquarius cycle, uh, JFK was assassinated with Saturn in Aquarius. Hitler's party took over the Reichstag with Saturn in Aquarius. So, you know, Saturn in Aquarius, Aquarius is a masculine sign. It's an active masculine sign. And so it's almost like the new boundaries get enforced when you have this active kind of rebuilding of the new structure and then enforcing that structure. So coups, new power, takeover. That's what I'm kind of seeing um, that may be in the cards, you know. And uh, The election is like, I mean, think about that. Like everybody's like, Obama's going to cancel the election. It's like, you know, we're actually in a place now where there might be a, a justification, you know, to do yeah. it. Um, so let me get this up here. View. So Mars... Um, let me see here. Let me go to stationary points. Okay. So this is what it's going to look like the rest of this year. Mars will enter Aquarius and be with Saturn in Aquarius. Mars enters Pisces on 13th May. That's when I think we're going to have a little bit of a let up from the astrological perspective because Mars won't be with Saturn anymore. Mars kind of likes Pisces because it's water and it dampens the fire energy. But starting on the 28th of June, Mars hits Aries. Okay. And it goes all the way through Aries um, to the end of Aries to 28 degrees, and it turns retrograde at 28 degrees. Then it and it and then it ret- that's on uh, September 9th, and September on November 14th it turns direct again at 15 Aries, and then it and then it takes um, until January 6, 2020, for Mars to finally exit Aries. Wow. So it's June 28th through 6th of January. And so, I mean, it's just funny you mentioned that, Alan, because it's like if, if we're talking tower, which Mars is associated with the tower, and we're talking Mars in Aries, his home where he likes to feel comfortable. I mean, this could really like the tower energy is going to potentially ratchet up just from this kind of divination you've just done here. Um, and it's supported by the astrology, you know. 
and it's you know it's scary i mean it's just be it's you know i'm trying i don't want to fear porn out but you know you talk about like these tanks on, on twitter little videos i mean i just saw a few more of like massive tanks and shit rolling through these cities and it's uh you know it's not a good look <laughs> you know yeah. and just to say um i do see uh I do see people quickly commenting like, hey, I'm in the military. Those are those are medical vehicles or whatever. Right. Um, There's all this. There's the potential for this being like the the appropriate response is you roll out your, your medical personnel and actually do something instead of just hope crossing your fingers and hoping you can make it, you know, you get through it. Um but certainly, again, even if the uh, the spaces is well intentioned, you suddenly see all these little tiny little dictators being like, "Oh, I could totally. This is a good opportunity for me to do some shit." You know, you just again, everything from just Department of Justice being like, "Hey, maybe now's the time for suspending uh, constitutional protections." It's like, whoa, 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 hold the fuck up. Um, that's. that's- that's scary. And just to say, too, I mean, yeah, I've realized that was pretty intense just to tone it down. I mean, National Guard has been deployed in America before, uh, like in, during riots and things. And I mean, I can see a case if there is a situation where people are going hungry and they don't have money and they start like rioting. I, I can understand the rioters. Don't get me wrong. But you can see how that might be needed to kind of bring some order to restore order. Um, I'm certainly not going to, I'm not, don't want to justify state violence, but I mean, right. I mean that well, is- and I guess, and then uh, I might even be, uh, one of the rioters if it's like, Hey, <laughs> you're not allowed to go to work, but we're going to make sure your bills keep coming. And, and here's a $34,000 hospital bill for your coronavirus infection and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll fucking grab a pitchfork real quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, one more thing. I don't know if you saw you this. You can't like... afford a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought Bernie Sanders hands them out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and torches. <laughs> torches for everyone. Um, uh, Do you see this article I put? Um, this is a... This, uh, this is a... Economic... Uh, article here that says a bearish death cross pattern appears in the Dow Jones chart. Uh huh. And I just thought it was, you were telling like the whole like cardinal cross uh, charts and whatnot. And I had seen this article earlier, and I just thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, no, that's that's um, that is interesting. And I mean the Dow Jones. I mean that's all. I think it's wrecked. I mean, it just you pull up the charts, it's like down thirty percent, and that's uh, to me. If if we had to pick, we could all vote here. Like, what's the most scary part of coronavirus twenty twenty? Um, you know, that might be the most scary part. Is that how quickly like the economics have changed in this country? I mean, it's like nineteen twenty nine plus nineteen eighteen so far. Now we all we need is like nineteen forty one. And, you know, this is like the perfect uh, point at the end of history, you know, a McKenna, you know, to, to suck us into, you know. But yeah. I really want to just oh, quickly another quick disclaimer. Astrological symbols can manifest in a variety of ways and they don't often repeat one to one. There might be some rhyming. So, I mean, 
Pearl Harbor doesn't have to be happening later in the year, just to be clear. I mean, it's enough to just even have a discussion of martial law or maybe some National Guard. Like, these manifestations can be uh, less intense, and nothing is guaranteed in terms of how they might you know, manifest. I just want to be clear, I'm not predicting war or global conflagration or anything like that. I don't like to predict in that way. I like to have positive manifestations that we can hold on to, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and, and I think, no matter what, it's it's always going to be a mixed bag anyway. Because even if it's, oh, you know, all of these all of these archetypes have positive and negative uh, attributes, and just saying this is the energy that's going to come in right now, there's going to be some good and some bad in all of it. So, I think yeah. the uh, the prescription here is to to you know brace yourself for maybe some of the negative attributes, but also to revel in the positive attributes um, and figure out, you know, again, this is, we have some really unique opportunities right now, whether that's for um, communicating with each other, having time to, to maybe work on, you know, all right. Can I ask um, you guys, well, this is sort of a loaded question, but I'm trying to stay positive in this is to say like working on, creative endeavors is not a total fucking waste of time <laughs> uh you know again to say like well let's hope there's a there's a clearing on the other side where where this matters um but even no matter what i think there's something of um personal um uh, manifestation and 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 headspace and therapy and all that sort of stuff no matter what i still think it's a very positive thing to focus on what how we can make the best of this time um because again we're not if the martial law is called we can't really control that if uh if a disease comes through we can't really control that but what we can control is our reaction and our and you know how we spend our time and so here's a question for you alan so you're saying if you only had two weeks to live, you don't know that you would want to spend it making the video or something along those lines. Yeah, it was a half joke. Not really. Yes, but no. Yeah. I mean, so like that is like it's the existential question. How do you really want to be spending your time? Oh, yeah. It's a hu- to me, that's a huge question, right? Of like, oh, it was it was interesting because it was a, like a big realization of like, hey, what's actually important, you know, and of course... But do, is it the art or itself or the, you know, the lack of people when you're making the art or the video itself? It's like, this video is not important enough to just spend oh, my I guess life in the weeks. moment, in the moment, my thought was like, I should be spending this time, you know, like enjoying time with, with you know, my partner and my pets and... You know, like what just in, like enjoying my life, um, those kind of priorities. Um, uh, but, but that, you know, that's that, that's like if I knew. So like, yeah, if I knew the world was ending in two weeks, what would I do with myself? No, I don't know, man. You know, that's a really hard fucking question. Um, it, it certainly changes your priorities. It puts things into perspective. I'm still, I'm still struggling with the, the answer to that question, though. Yeah, like for me, it was like, oh, what what 
do I, what, how should I be spending my time? What actually brings me joy or what is a, a good use of my time? Um, th- those are questions I think we all have to ask ourselves. And I don't, I, it's, a, it's harder to come up with an answer than, I, than you would think. Especially if you're also trying to just not go. I don't want to live the next two weeks of my life going crazy like, oh, my God, we're going to die. So I might as well just fucking like go nuts and whatever. I want to like, yeah, I'm not not, not trying to be there. Um, You know, go down in a blaze of glory. I'm like, oh, actually, I have to find some balance between just living my life and, you know, spending the next month or so in my house. How do I how do I make that a peaceful time for myself and for my partner, how to make that not stressful for them. And, um, but also like figure out ways of like, what do I really want to be working on? And, um, again, I'm still, you know, I found myself last night returning to this video. I just, I think the, the, like the urgency of it was erased in that moment when it was like, Oh, I suddenly have this time to work on this video. And then I'm like, no man, I like this is cannot be you know, worrying about again, it's also like the subject matter. That was what made the previous episode so hard. A lot of these like these episodes are really hard for me because I don't really feel like revisiting annoying fucking politics and stories from the past of like uh It seems so important though it for did, my, right. Because yeah. because so the themes and, and the alt-right and the meme magic and everything that you're talking about is part of the reason. I mean, so we're in oh, this yeah. moment. We're in this oh. moment. The The moment could – it's really interesting to see. So, like, these these moments, even, like, from an astrological sense, you know, they they happen. And either people rise to the occasion and, and you know, triumph as a individual leader or whatever – or you know it they get beaten down and and it seems like early on i was i was saying did did trump come to office as like a grand ego death like this is like some phase of consciousness where we're going to let go of all that you know so he's the he's the tower card that's collapsing you know and on the other side then we can come out of this uh, you know, more, I don't even know how you'd say it, you know, so, um, we come through that crisis more whole, I guess, or less attached. Yeah. It's like, he's the last grasp of the collective ego, you know, it just manifested in one person. Um, so he's, he's, he's like the ego right before it, uh, disintegrates you know like the you're trying to like you've fallen into the sea and you're grasping for whatever you can find whatever bit of debris you can find before you drown i like that and he's got the crown he's the king got all these markers of the king um i won't go into that whole thing but it does seem like he's the figurehead and if, if this is about uh you know getting rid of the figurehead and and hopefully on the other side, and there's already talk of a new New Deal, right? Maybe a real New Deal with with more egalitarian economic policies. You know, that would be great, you know. <laughs> we have a 
kind of a move towards some a more full thing. societal yeah full societal restructure yeah right he's he's the reality tv star too so now reality tv is finally um disintegrating as well you know um but where we're getting is this like hyper localized internet that's really integrated with our like we're talking right now i've been talking to like i said a lot of people the last few days online that's very different and if we have to have the internet to walk around and and we'll, it will be more integrated with it and that's i think another part of the, like like the reality tv model goes but it's more of like now i don't know what to describe it i don't even know what to say but it's more like omnipresent more 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 everywhere it's not necessarily so like like we're actually actually more local and more embodied with the technology as opposed to being passive and kind of watching other people's realities so maybe it'll 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 bring it back to our own lives and our own sort of power uh, as one optimistic way to look um, um yeah so i, I think it's a, yeah. a great idea you said before about contacting mark about uh trying to trying to get something interesting like not if we get together again like uh maybe not just a discussion like this which is great but also like uh like trying to trying to do something creative and weird together over the over this network you know like imagine like just this conversation people from all over the place like we've circled the globe basically you know, if you could, if you could add more people onto it, and we're and we're trying to create something together, spontaneously, uh, like a ritual or a piece of art or something, that would be incredible. I I agree absolutely, and I think um, as you said, I think this is this is the time. Like what what we are able to do is is uh, communicate with each other, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Uh, huh. Um, I gotta go to work. It's the dumbest thing. <laughs> well, you please stay safe out there, and thank you, thank you for keeping us fed. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a hero now. Everyone's wow. saying you are an emergency worker. You're gonna have I can I'll have one of the passes, the golden tickets. I'll just be driving around the city. It'll be ah. you know zombie land out there, except for me just cruising around. Do you do you wear a mask, Doug? Or do people? Uh, still we're not. Wear a mask? We're not at. Uh, we're not there yet. So it seemed like oh. initially, in this country, they're saying, uh, if you're sick, wear a mask. But if you're not, you really shouldn't have masks. They should be for health workers. Mm. But this last few days, I've been seeing more and more masks. So, like, especially, uh, we reduced our hours. We used to be like seven to ten, and now we're we're eight to eight but the first hour eight to nine is for people over 60 or immunocompromised folks because that's when the store is the cleanest in theory all right in the morning so but um no mask not yet uh i don't even we don't even have any So, I don't know. I, I guess um, I'm definitely 
trying to stay six feet away from everyone as much as I can. And then also uh, treating every surface as is, you know, it's basically everything's contaminated. And so I wear, I wear gloves that I'm changing constantly and I'm definitely washing my hands frequently. And then I'm really mindful about touching my face. But, you know. You know. Yeah, a hero hero has to make sacrifices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take chances. All right, well, it was really great talking to you all and uh as far as the book club goes, I don't I don't care. I I'm I'm into something. Um if you guys want to vote and say we read the stand, great. And I'll do that, but if not, we can meet up and have a you know, a multi-headed conversation about five different books or, you know, whatever. The stand, the stand is a very specific choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Hey, man, thank you. Have a great night, okay? Yeah, okay, you night. too. And uh, SJ, Zanor, thank you guys. It was really good talking to you. And... Uh, I just want to throw out something here quickly about the ritual. Is that, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I can maybe pick an astrologically uh, auspicious time. There's actually, uh, and maybe kind of, I mean, I think it might be a good idea. We can all bring something that we want to read or kind of like a, call, oh, yeah, yeah. a prayer or like some Joyce or just something that we feel might call down these healing energies, maybe even incorporating it. Sclepius, uh, you just brought that up, Alan. But, you know, it might be, you know, traditional astrological magic, you really want to find uh, astrologically auspicious moments for these rituals so that they have more power. And and um, so I'd be willing to take a look at that and look at times. Oh, I don't know what, perfect. what time you yeah. guys are thinking, like how soon. Um, but there's something in May that's coming up that's actually a really powerful moment where the moon is in what's called a lunar mansion for healing. So I was... I was uh, <laughs> You know, maybe a collective ritual for healing might be a good thing for, in, in, at that date in May. So. Is there anything also, like that sounds great in May, is, um, is there anything also in April, do you know, or before look, that? So? Uh, yeah, I can look actually, I've already looked at all, I've already kind of examined it, and I can, um, give me one second, I'll just take a quick second, I've got, so in April, um, some of this might be location-based because um, there's fixed star magic. There's a Polaris, so that's kind of the North Star. I like that. But that's a lot of it is highly based on the location. But that doesn't matter. We could just find a time when the moon's applying to that fixed star. Um, and then that's, That sounds great, like to, to, to tie it in with something like that. Um. Yeah, just even if it's not super exact, we can just have a general kind of element of that um, yeah, definitely. They, they, that, yeah, whatever makes it more meaningful, I think, is the uh, is the main thing, you know. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I, I would I would hope it was it would be something like we are creating something almost spontaneously uh, as as we're on the call, like like going crazy a bit, you know, like a, like the, the equivalent of howling out your uh, out your window, <laughs> you know. Um, not going to take it anymore. Yeah, that'd be. Oh, no, no, not something just like that. But it's like uh, something, something we could create. That's that's. Uh, I don't know, something, uh, something interesting, creative together. 
Yeah, there's a the Royal Fixed Star FOMO halt is a it's kind of an important star, and there's something in April 18th where there would be a nice moment with FOMO halt, um, oh. and that's kind of a creative energy, Mercury and Venus, and I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw that out there, um, and yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll. I'm just looking forward to it. I, I'm really curious about some intention setting and some ritual, collective ritual. I think, I think that would be profound and ripple. I think it's going to ripple in our reality. Yeah, yeah, that's Earth. that's the thing. Well, yeah, you're right about. I don't know, but you're right about Mark. I think he's the guy to talk to to try to get something going too. I'll, I'll send him a message or something about that. This is Saturday, April 18th here, right around the same time. Is when it would April, be uh, April eighteenth. Yeah, perfect. I'll still be, I'll still be off then. Um, okay. That's uh, day before uh, the anniversary of Waco and. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. Uh, April nineteenth is a really, really rough uh, historical day. So maybe I like the idea of preempting it the day before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> before any fucked up before we get another uh, Oklahoma City or uh you know Waco what's what's uh let's shut that shit down magically sweet but yeah we just think of even the countries that we included tonight you know when we had like France Britain states like two two coasts almost you know yes yeah, exactly states. Doug's pretty much west coast I'm I'm east coast you got Japan, uh, Washington. Georgia. What's that? Uh, Japan and Georgia. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good uh, Israel. Um, Israel, yeah. France, yeah. So. Yeah, I think. Yeah, is, yeah. We've got Israel, the the old center of the world, and then London, the new center, and uh, <laughs> close to the East Coast, New York is <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. We've been uh, put in place by our higher guides at certain uh, ley lines, and we're going to create a magical healing. No, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be as. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't have to. I like the idea of uh, kind of. I don't know, like uh, jazz, almost like free jazz, working or something like that, where it's not. Um, uh, it's not structured necessarily, but has like you said some uh uh meaning built into it in, um because it's lined up with a certain day or a certain time or, or whatever like that that idea is great um all right well so we'll leave this as zanor you're going to reach out to mark and uh sj you're going to kind of keep peeking for a specific day yeah absolutely right. i think April 18th is kind of the, the best I can find right now, but I'll peak. Yeah, I'll peak because because I'm not tethered to my location. I can actually, it's a global thing that'll give me some more room. So we're going to shoot for mid-April. Is that the, the range I should kind of peek into? Maybe that, that, that middle 10 days? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I'll check those days and I'll get back to you. I'll email the, the, the big group we've got, okay? The group message, do we? The email that Doug sends, I'll probably just reply to that. Oh, yeah, cool. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you all tonight. And um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and please stay safe, and thanks again for, for making time for this. Well, thanks for reaching out, Alan.
quite yeah, of course. Thank you. All right, guys. Yeah. Good night. Take care. Take care. See you.